0: Good morning, Liberty.
1: Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate McCoy Thurston, and right across from me, very special guest today, the second tallest libertarian that we know of, Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. Charles Stuck Thompson, actually, is what we need to call him. (laughs) How's it going today, man?
0: It feels... (laughs) that <laughs> feels uh wow well, you know it feels different yeah it feels I was just gonna say it feels good to be back but I'm just not sure if I'm if I'm back yet you're not back? are you still in Florida I'm I don't know I I feel like maybe I'm here maybe I'm not you know what you know how it is when you well when you're supposed to take a little mini vacation that turns into uh getting stuck apparently we don't know
1: allegedly stuck allegedly
0: stuck and then you come back and there is so much to do I was telling Stephanie earlier I was like I feel like I got a lot done today and then I feel like I got nothing done. Mm. That's the way it feels. These cameras, by the way, are lined up perfectly where I can't see your I feel like I'm doing this as I talk to
1: you. Well, it's kind of the point so I wanted it to be see, when we were talking to each other. Face. It's as if we were talking into the camera, but actually I'm just looking at your eyes right now. Yeah, I'm trying.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to look at you so, so I can there's have a camera a in front of your face. Yeah. And it's I can't see past the Well. Camera. All
1: right. Well, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We talk life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every day of the week that Charlie wants to. All right. <laughs> about, Actually, I did a couple. How about episodes. you?
0: How, like, what happened with you last week? Where'd you go?
1: I've been told several times that the show sucks when it's only me doing it. Oh and man. And so I didn't want to. I didn't want to subject everyone to that. I no. guess I could have voluntarily decided that. But um, I got a lot of stonk work done. I got That's a nice. lot of I got a lot of business work done. Did you go anywhere? No, I ended up not going anywhere. Ooh, at all, nothing. And I I'll sat in my house for like a week because we got snow and ice in Nashville, which means you can't do anything at all. And uh, you don't know anything about that. You had like sand on your feet yes. that you had to wash off. Yes. Yeah. I so. tell
0: you, it was nice. <laughs> it was a good place to be. I'm glad I wasn't like in. Fargo, North Dakota, or something like that.
1: That would have so, or in Dallas, Texas. It's or either, that, that either have, one yeah, of those. That would have been terrible. Man,
0: <laughs> we have a lot of people from Houston and um, obviously te- several places in Texas that listen to the show. And so, uh, man,
1: what a an awful situation. Yeah, I hope there. everyone's doing okay. Yeah. so Despite know, the jokes, I hope everyone's doing okay. Hey,
0: Aaron and Maurice and uh, some other people that
1: are Patreon. Wes, on, I think.
0: Wes, I think you said it's too soon for <laughs> too
1: jokes. soon it's never too soon for jokes for me no, at, at all and maybe that's bad i don't know before we get started i'm going to tell you guys about this is very important to everyone listen get your fingers off the skip button you yay who's listening on the podcast app because you're not a live patreon supporter get your fingers off the skip button we got to talk about run your mouth coffee y'all know john odermatt from lines of liberty and then we got pen bank bangy. I think it's pangy, but I like bangy better. Mm-hmm. Can I call them pen bangy? Pen bangy, baby. I don't know. Homesteads and homeschools. Ben and Jana set out to bring fresh roasted delicious coffee to your doorstep. Despite whatever the winter situation is, they'll bring it right to your doorstep. Personally, I think mm-hmm. is what they mean by this. And use these bold beans as a vehicle to promote uncensored speech. I run your mouth coffee. They take your freedom to speak and express yourself. Seriously, they even have a coffee. They even have a bag you can get says espresso yourself. Espresso yourself. Alright, all the coffee is roasted to order. That means when you receive it, it's gonna be so freaking fresh. It's gonna be at its peak flavor. All the varieties are available in both ground and whole bean. Charlie's got himself a professional bean grinder in here, I think. But I don't I don't have one. It takes a long time to grind your beans when you have a bean grinder. Okay, so I got to get it pre-ground already. So you want to go to R-Y-M Coffee. That's R-Y-M for run your mouth. Coffee.com. Use that promo code 10% off to get free shipping. Use the promo code for 10% off. Sorry, that's not the promo code.
0: And free shipping.
1: 10% off and free shipping. Use the promo code good morning. All one word. Good morning.
0: Mm, You just smell that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) (laughs)
1: run your mouth coffee where delicious coffee meets uncensored speech
0: anytime you're thinking i I want coffee you know run your (laughs) mouth like i got you baby that's what they say over there and uh then you get your you get your coffee
1: sorry i was reading the discord comments and once again things that we can't say out loud but are really funny to laugh at so, if you want to see that, then go to patreon.com slash liberty, join the private Discord server, and interact with us live like all these wonderful, beautiful people are doing mm-hmm. right now.
0: Charlie? I tell you what, man, I've missed being here. I can tell you that much right now. <laughs> I, you know, when we got ready to do the show, I was like, I'm not sure I understand how to podcast anymore.
1: Well, we have been happens.
0: Go- we've been going nonstop
1: for, what? Oh, About two- t- 20 years, I think. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we've been doing the show nonstop. Mm. It's, well, it's, it's it's over 400 episodes now. <laughs> we actually had our 400th episode and didn't even realize we did the 400th episode.
1: Yeah, I know. Now we're, we're four just, or six.
0: Just daily grinding. Just, you know, and then uh, the, when was the last time you and I took a whole week off?
1: Uh, I, well, if it's just you, then a, a lot of times that happens. <laughs> but um, for me, I don't know. It's, I don't know if that ever happens. That's
0: actually not true. It's not true. <laughs> I will be gone again in March, um, so I apologize for that, folks. Um, a couple times in March, actually, mm. I, I have to host a training uh, for a client, and then also I'm I'm, I'm going to Mexico, <laughs> so so you're going to leave. Nate's really sorry. What about a all terrible
1: of that. podcast representative he is <laughs> to leave and go to Mexico while we're over here hurting yeah. for episodes. Yeah, and he That's leaves. Right. Right in the middle goes the Mexico. That's right. All right. Charles, tell me about AOC. What Did she force people to well, donate a bunch of money or what? what's going on? She must have.
0: She must have raised taxes, actually. That's what she is.
1: did. But
0: anyway, have you covered anything that's happening in, in Texas? I mean, uh, sure. most of you know what's going on. Yep. Obviously, in Texas. Did you cover the battle between mm-hmm. the ERTOC or whatever it is? ERCOT.
1: I, yeah. Ercot. Yeah. I, uh, I want to call it EPCOT. For some reason. It's ERCOT. Ur- ERCOT. We're going to talk a little bit more about it today. Reason had a really good piece on it. So we're going to okay. talk through it some, and you can finally get some of your highly anticipated thoughts out about that. Uh, but yeah, I did cover it a little bit. I, I might have said some things that not everyone who listens to the show would agree with. All right. Because I said, I think blame lies on both sides. I think there are companies that failed to prepare for th- the storm. And I think that uh, this is also not a free market in the first place, so you can't really blame it on that. And then we have subsidies thrown all over the place. So we're, we'll talk a little bit more about it today.
0: Man, yep. you know what? I, this is how they treat me when I come back. This, after all I've done for you, they're now calling me Charlie and Chuck, Ted Cruz Thompson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think because I want to go to Mexico. I think Charles Stuck Thompson is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, call me Stuck.
0: Anyway. AOC raises nearly 5 million buckaroos in Texas relief efforts. I didn't didn't know she cared so much about Texas. Um, Democratic rep Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez had amassed $4.7 million in her fundraising efforts to help Texans hard hit by last week's winter storm. As of Sunday evening, her press secretary, Yvette, Sorry, Contrarius confirmed to CNN. <laughs> the New York Democrat launched her fundraiser Thursday after extreme cold weather, ice, and snow, caused the power grid managed by ERCOT to fail, leading to rolling blackouts and boil water advisory for nearly half of Texas. That's a big state, too, man. Mm. The fundraiser had hit $1 million by Thursday evening. The next day, she uh, said the donation figures had risen to $2 million and she announced she would visit the state. Uh, Even though Biden's not going to visit, I heard Mm. on Friday, the congresswoman said she would fly to Houston to join Democratic Texas rep Sylvia Garcia to distribute supplies. While in Texas, the progressive lawmaker and other Democrats visited food distribution centers, water delivery sites and toured the damage left behind from an unprecedented storm. Ocasio-Cortez, alongside Garcia and Texas rep Al Green, said Saturday that she wanted to work to get assistance to Texans after volunteering at the Houston food bank and touring the home of a family who was affected by the winter storm. It's one thing to read about what's going on, but it's another thing entirely to see the damage for ourselves. She said the message in Washington is let's not let people get caught up in the bunch of red tape. Let's try to get this assistance out the door as much as people need and quickly as we can. Hang on a second. Yeah. What did she say?
1: This is she. This is mind-boggling. She, she voluntarily raised money through charity. She voluntarily went there. Because people would have to get, she was worried about people getting caught up in a bunch of red tape, and she wanted to get the assistance out the door, and as much as people needed, and as quickly as they could. What? what? Yeah.
0: Let me read that. This is a quote. This is a quote from AOC, folks. Maybe she's learning a thing or two about economics since her time there.
1: She's selling sweaters. She's raising money.
0: It's one thing to read about what's going on, but it's another thing entirely to see the damage for ourselves. Quote. This is quote now. I'm literally (laughs) verbatim. This is what she said. This is AOC, folks. I know. You're surprised. I get it. The message in Washington is let's not let people get caught up in a bunch of red tape. What she means by that is regulations. We know what red tape is, folks. Let's try to get this assistance out the door as much as people need and as quickly as we can. Wow. Wow. That's weird. That's so impressive. I'm not even mad. I'm impressed.
1: I'm impressed, too. Yeah. And, and I fully support her doing this, voluntarily raising money. Amen. It's just kind of crazy. Like, she sees that there is a situation where there's some funding needed to help people that are in need right now. And so she goes out voluntarily, raises five million buckaroos, and is going to distribute water and whatever uh, that people need. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. And she didn't. What she's not doing is sitting in Washington uh, lobbying for tax hikes. She went out and voluntarily raised the money to help people. So weird. Well, actually, she's probably doing both. Honestly, yeah. she's she's lobbying for tax hikes and proving that that's not what has to be done to help yeah. people at the same time. But what whatever.
0: Now, of course, it's uh. It's obviously uh, and I don't care, though, like her motivation, which I don't know. I don't know the motivation of her heart. I can't say that. I'm going to speculate for a second. Can I do that? Mm -hmm. Can you do that on pocket? Can you speculate? You can. I'm going to speculate on podcasts. All right. She more than likely is doing this because it's a good PR stunt. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it doesn't matter. See, this is the great thing about the free market capitalism. It doesn't matter if you're out for your own personal gain when you're out there helping people, because guess what happens? People still get helped in the most efficient, best way possible. It it doesn't matter what her motivation is. If she's doing this, so they'll write articles about it. If she's doing it because she'll end up on the news. If she's doing it because she'll gain another 500,000 Twitter followers, everything that helps her. If she's doing all of that, Because of that.
1: It doesn't matter. Is she doing it? She's probably doing it to try and hurt Ted Cruz would be my guess. That's that too. Even Uh, if she's doing that. Because he tried to murder her. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I can't believe she flew there. Actually, I I know with a, with a murderer in the vicinity. On the loose. That's on the loose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's a fugitive from justice. I heard he ran across the border even (laughs) to get a, to get away did you see the gif of your phone already no. <laughs> that's awesome okay that's so, so good Piggy, you guys get the idea here uh people will come together to help other people and we don't need the government to do it for us when people see that there is a need even aoc who uh i don't know uh, seems like most people who support her don't have a lot of money no. <laughs> and so she's still able to go out there and raise five million bucks so That is a, hey, good on her for doing it. And hopefully there were some people helped through that. Let's talk a little bit more about what's going on in Tejas. This is a good, good piece from Reason. Tejas. The Texas Blackout. Now this is called the Texas Blackout Blame Game. The Texas Mm -hmm. Blackouts are shaping up to be the costliest disaster in state history. And a loss of life remains unknown. People are justifiably very angry. And when people are angry, politicians look around for someone to blame. Couldn't be them. No, No, never the politicians. It's always someone else. Well, it's certain politicians. Many have trotted out their favorite villain for the occasion. Many on the right have picked the old enemy, the windmill, while many on the left jumped at the chance to blame deregulation. Neither explanation really holds up. While it will be some time before all the specifics are known... What, do we know, uh, what we do know doesn't support any easy political narrative. And that's an important part to know. This is still ongoing and we don't know what exactly happened. There's a lot of speculation about why certain things happened. It's going to be a little while before we know the exact chain of events and every correspondence that was sent out and, and every little thing like that before we know exactly what happened that caused this. My guess is it was the winter storm. Uh, that's what I that's what I think it well, was. Couldn't be yeah. the central
0: fact about you know, the- it's, uh You know, it's interesting though. I saw that people who had like the Tesla co- Tesla coil battery installed in their homes, they had power almost the whole time.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow.
0: One guy said they didn't even he didn't even know the power was off. Oh, Tesla's down by the dip. Everything everything in his house worked still <laughs> because they got enough solar power to to for their battery to recharge that it literally. Powered the whole, the whole house.
1: Now, how do you keep the snow and ice and stuff off your solar panels? Do they, do they stay warm or something? I don't Does know. Does that happen? Maybe there's a lot of work
0: reflection of the sun. Hmm. I have no idea.
1: Who knows? The central fact about the chain of events that led to the blackouts is deceptively simple. It got super cold. <laughs> that is what led to it in order to keep the lights oh, on.
0: Look, you also saw, I just want to, I just literally want to point out a simple fact here. You see throughout history, just, I want you guys to point, like, just put this together. You see throughout history, how things change or not how things change, but you see throughout history, how we have these failures, uh, typically caused by government. And I want to bring up another good example where you had a once in a century long, um, issue with Katrina in new Orleans because they only built the levees to withstand a category three storm as mm-hmm. if category five hurricanes didn't exist as if getting below zero didn't exist in texas
1: now that was probably a private company's fault that built the levee there right no Pri- no no that was government probably the the uh, the corps of engineers that mm-hmm. built that thing so this is a little bit of backstory on on a little bit of what we know happened so it says in order to keep the lights on Electric generation must match demand on a minute-by-minute basis. For that reason, the system's planners and forecasters focus their attention on the times of the year when demand is typically highest. In Texas, that's the heat of summer. Many features of our electric grid are designed to work optimally during the summer, with the understanding that in the winter, we will usually have far more electric capacity than we need. The state was not prepared for record cold temperatures stretching across all 254 Texas counties. This generated summer levels of electric demand, and it also caused significant amounts of generation to become unusable. Because really cold temperatures are rare in Texas, many plants contain components that are not protected from the elements. This is true for generators of all fuel types, from wind to nuclear. In addition, Texas typically relies heavily on natural gas to meet its peak electrical demand, as natural gas plants are easier to ramp up or down on short notice. During the summer, that's not a problem. In the winter, though, gas is also used for heating, and many gas plants did not have firm contracts to deliver and had trouble buying it on an open market. Finally, the winter is a time when some plants shut down for scheduled maintenance. All right, so this is kind of a perfect storm for Texas that's going on here. The result, in the early morning hours of February 15th, the state's grid operator, ERCOT, found itself facing a supply shortfall with more than a third of the grid's thermal generation capacity unusable. To prevent total system failure, ERCOT ordered utilities to curtail service, plunging millions of homes into darkness and cold. The sheer size of the supply hole makes it hard to blame either wind or deregulation for the failure. While pictures of frozen wind turbines may be evocative, 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 Mm ma'am, ERCOT's forecasts do not rely on a large amount of the wind to sustain the system. And wind ended up meeting the expectations. Some have argued that the low cost of wind power over the last decade have forced the retirement of more reliable power plants that could have helped make the gap uh, make up the gap had they been there. So one of the arguments is that the move towards wind and the subsidization of the wind power made wind basically more competitive than it should have been and it forced other plants that would have been more reliable to close. But what they're saying here is that it doesn't that doesn't cover everything still. Mm-hmm. There's so many things went wrong at the same time. Similarly, there is no reason to think that Texas's competitive electric system is to blame. ERCOT's most recent winter for- forecast included the worst case scenario for the grid that roughly predicted the needed demand, but underestimated the amount of generation that would be unusable by almost half. So they had a, they had a model already where they thought that this demand could pop up in winter, but what they didn't include was a lot of the power sources going down. So they, they had planned on being able to supply it, but they didn't plan on all the system failures because it happened. Because things froze over. Of, yeah. <laughs> a more centralized or state-run electric system almost certainly would have relied on the same forecast and ended up in the same situation. In retrospect, it's easy to blame generators for not doing more to protect their plants from cold. But if a plant had known that unprecedented cold was coming and it weatherized, it would now be reaping millions in benefits. The problem was not a lack of incentives, but a lack of imagination. So what they're saying there is people are blaming the fact that what the typical line of thinking that you'll go down here is that this was a deregulated market and people wanted to do the cheapest possible thing and they didn't care if it all failed and that's where the idea starts to fall apart because in a free market you do care if you fail to deliver the product to your customers you absolutely do care about that what they're saying is if they would have weatherized then they would be making tons of money right now if they would be able to supply power to the grid but they literally just didn't prepare for it. And so there's, it's not really a lack of incentives is what they're saying. It was really just, a, they just weren't prepared. Uh, one outstanding question has to do with the fact that Texas maintains its own separate electric grid. This has given the state more control over electric policy and the state is large enough that historically not being part of a larger grid has, been, has not been a problem. Would Texas have been able to avoid its problems if that had been part of one of these larger interconnects? So far, I don't think we have the data to answer the question one way or another. In theory, a larger geography would have would help. And while neighboring states also had the resort to rolling blackouts, they did not do so on nearly the same scale. However, yet to see any detailed analysis of whether being part of a larger system would have reduced the overall number of outages or simply spread them out over a greater area. So what they're, another thing they're arguing is people are saying, well, they need to be part of the grid with everyone else. And the argument that this writer is making from reason is that we don't know for sure that that would have stopped the outages from happening. It might have just spread out the same amount of outages over a wider area instead of stopping this amount of outages, because even the states that they would have pulled from were also having rolling blackouts. So that's where we're at so far with this with the story. Mm. And we don't really have any uh, any detailed information about what else happened.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's everybody's fault. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's it's just the blame is not me. It's, that's that's it's, what it is.
1: It's the other person. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's always someone else. It's not me. You know, I I was also it, it was just interesting because I have been talking to a lot of people about this. Um, you know, when I moved into this house, um and I went up I went to sign in for electricity, you know, for this house. And um I only had one company to choose from. I don't know about you. I just, yeah. I just, just one, one person.
1: Just old TVA, I guess. It's, yeah. Tennessee Valley. Do you have right? TVA or NES? Oh, NES. That's right. Yeah. National NES. Electric yeah. Service. That's right. Yeah. I, I think, are they managed by TVA? Is that probably, what it is? Like, yeah. I,
0: I literally can't go through anyone else. No. I no. can't get electricity through anyone else. So that, to think that we have a free market in electricity, we don't. No. There's no such thing as a free market in electricity. Now, you, of course people are going to argue, well, how expensive it is to run lines and all of that, but think about the different kinds of systems we could actually have if electricity was more free, if it wasn't so heavily regulated. I mean, back in the day, we had um, you know, Tesla, Nic- I'm talking about Nikola Tesla.
1: Nikola Tesla. The Tesla.:
0: You had uh, we watched that movie, and that was Edison, was the,
1: Westinghouse,
0: Edison. And you had all these people working and competing and eventually uh, one of them won and that's basically what is our entire grid now. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what the government went with what, essentially
1: what, what would be interesting is if you were more able to do things like the tesla battery and the solar power a lot, a lot of the issues that people have with the solar power is you still end up having to pay for other electricity you know, at, and a lot of places have kind of community electricity, so they kind of spread it out among a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So that stopped people from going with the solar power because they still end up having to pay a large electric bill, even if they're not using it. And then they don't get paid when they produce extra electricity and they send it into the grid. Uh, but they end up having to pay later on. It's a it's a really big messed up system. At the end of the day, all I have on this is a really really bad thing happened and people are suffering because of it, and it's not, always, it's not always the case that we just need to go to the government for more regulation. I think there was definitely a failure on the different businesses here uh, that are producing electricity to weatherize their systems. That's obviously what happened. If they would have weatherized their systems, then I think a lot of this would have been avoided, but they didn't do it. And I don't think that's like this paper pointed out, article pointed out, it's not on paper. Um, like it pointed out, that's not because of a lack of incentive, because if they would have weatherized, they would be just killing it right now on their profits. Mm -hmm. They'd be raking in all kinds of money. They'd be some of the only companies able to produce any electricity on the grid. It was just because none of them really prepared for it. Like they said, it was a lack of imagination. It's
0: not. The other thing though, is I, I will say there's no consequences. Yeah. It's still going to be the same power companies once they get it up. Mm hmm. You know, when you call the power company, you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, we're real sorry about that. We're going to send some
1: guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll like, send some guys over there, yeah. All
0: right, when the guys are going to, oh, we're going to send some guys. Don't worry. What's the estimated <clears throat> time? Oh, 24 hours to, to three months. Somewhere in between there.
1: Yeah, just stay home until then. Because
0: there's no consequences. That's that's the problem. Now, I don't know how you solve this. I, I, I'm i not an electrician. Um, I know Nick here said... I'm an electrician. Tesla's my homie. <laughs> I'm not an electrician. I don't know what it's like to run wires or anything like that. I'm sure it's very expensive, just like it is running cable and all kinds of other things. But the thing about it is, is like, I can't call another company and say, Hey, set me up power at my house because this other jack not doing it. Yeah. Because when everything comes back up, it's going to be the same power company. And that's the tough part about this. Now, I guess you do have other options now in the market with Tesla and solar roof and all that kind of thing that's going on. I know Thomas Massey took a Tesla car battery and is converting his entire house over to, uh, hmm. to basically, why didn't he go around solar? the people's
1: houses in Texas? I don't know. And fix that.
0: The guy also has like 60 patents and <laughs> pretty smart and, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Massey is uh, you should listen to that guy. He's actually a genius. He's really smart. He went to MIT too. So of course, but anyway, it's, we
1: should vote him out. Cause I heard he didn't support Trump on this the, one thing.
0: The, exactly yeah the thing about it is though is that as you said the and as this article alludes to it's actually a really simple problem like it just got really cold <laughs> that's like, it. it it was an unprecedented storm this is a once in a century type of storm for somewhere like texas i mean it got into the single my dad lives in lafayette louisiana which in the coldest times typically it's like mid, mid to upper 30s And that usually will last like a day or two. Like very rarely does it go in the 20s or even the teens. It got into the single digits. It was below zero in some places in Texas. That typically doesn't happen. It's like once, literally once in a lifetime type of storm.
1: Like uh, what Magoo just said here, I think I mentioned it last week too. You also, you have to account for the fact that power lines can come down when there's freezing rain. Uh, we we they get too heavy. We dealt we dealt with this in Illinois actually. I talked about it last week. We had we didn't have power for a couple of weeks, and it wasn't because all the power plants failed or the the windmills froze up It was because tree limbs went down and knocked down the power lines or they got too heavy. they had so much ice on them they started falling down. That was from the El Dorado La Recha. It, that's, that's that's what she said I think I, I don't know.
0: It was one of them inland hurricanes.
1: <laughs> well, uh,
0: I remember that because I was walking into your mom's house.
1: That was totally, that was in May sometime when that happened. You were there. Yeah, I was, (laughs) I was there.
0: I was, I I wasn't just walking into your mom's house. Yeah. You you were there. Mm -hmm. I was coming up. You were visiting your mom. I was coming over. I literally walked into her house as a tree fell on top of it. It was scary. So like, I literally pulled in your driveway, got out of my car and I'm like, huh, it's kind of windy. Yeah. And I literally go in the door and then boom, uh, the wind really picked up and uh, yeah, we didn't have, turns out that was the power company's fault.
1: Yeah. That was a totally different time by the way. That was during the spring when that happened. Right, right. Yeah. But
0: but we've seen it happen with freezing rain and all of that because it gets too heavy and either the power lines break or they fall down or they lose connection. It uh now as they're saying that we're not we're not equipped to handle that in the south because it doesn't hardly happen. Up north where they get ice and and snow all the time, they they Prepare for those kinds of things.
1: It's kind of a funny idea that obviously if there were more regulation that the government would be able to cover every bad thing that could happen. Like like they just prepare amazingly for every situation. Yeah. They do a great – obviously if the federal government had more oversight, they would have fixed this problem. Yeah. There's no way that – budgets that governments have all around the country are ever facing shortfalls or ever misallocated and and they don't have the money for the things that they need in times that they need it that's, that's never happened obviously what would have for sure fixed this is if there would have been more oversight from the government mm-hmm. that's that's what would have solved it
0: we act like bad things can't happen i know you realize that you guys realize having heat in your house is kind of a new thing for human beings actually <laughs> it's, A Yeah. My mom grew up. My mom grew up without heat or air conditioning. She said in the wintertime, they lived where it got cold in Illinois. They lived in Illinois and Virginia. She said in the wintertime, what they would do is they would get like five or six quilts and her and her sisters would sleep in the same bed. They all would just kind of pile together and get under a bunch of quilts. And that's how they would sleep at night. And they they did have a fireplace downstairs, but they didn't have a
1: fireplace (laughs) upstairs. It was cold. She had an upstairs cold. and a downstairs. I know, right? Rich. I
0: only had a trailer. Man. She was grew up way wealthier All than right.
1: I Tell me about this uh, dumb thing that should have made it in dumb bleep that Rep Ro Khanna said.
0: All right. So this coming from, who is Ro Khanna?
1: Uh, it's a, actually, I don't know, uh, from California, okay. I think. Yeah.
0: Democrat Rep Ro Khanna. We don't want low-wage, small businesses that pay less than $15 minimum wage.
1: We don't want them. We don't want them. So that's in your argument. They're like, yeah. oh, all these small businesses are going to go out of business. Oh, we don't want those people. Yeah, we don't want them. Only Amazon's here.
0: <laughs> so Rep Ro Khanna, from Democrat from California, told CNN in an interview. This is coming from the Daily Wire, by the way. Thanks, Ben. On Sunday, that he and presumably other Democrats, quote, don't want low-wage, small businesses, as he advocated for increasing the minimum wage. We don't want low-wage businesses, he said, when asked if mom-and-pop shops should be forced to pay employees more. I think most successful and uh, small businesses can pay a fair wage.
1: I think, I most, think, successful small, I think yeah. most successful small businesses can pay a fair wage. Yeah,
0: why don't you start Great. a company, Ro? <laughs> well, of course, large businesses like Amazon and McDonald's, for example, can perhaps uh, and perhaps should pay more. But I'm wondering, what is your plan for smaller business? CNN's Abby Phillips said. What is CNN doing arguing this point? I don't know. Uh, how does this, in your view, affect mom and pop businesses who are just struggling to keep their doors open, keep workers on the payroll right now? Actually, most of them closed. A lot of them closed. The pandemic. Well, they shouldn't be doing it by paying people low wages. <laughs> because, uh, they just wait. They what should, was the, qu- <laughs> the question was, how does this, in your view, affect mom and pop businesses who are just struggling to keep their doors open, keep workers on the payroll right now? Well, they shouldn't be doing it by paying people low wages. <laughs> kind of sad. We don't want low-wage businesses. I think most successful small businesses can pay a fair wage. Just same talking point. <laughs> uh, we don't want you to try to keep your doors open with low wages. No. No. If you look at the minimum wage, it increased with worker productivity until 1968, and that relationship was severed.
1: We are, what happened around like with our gold standard around that time? Hmm, I don't know. Hmm. I don't think there's any Anyway, I don't think there's any correlation. Can't Just be. Just making stuff up. If workers were actually
0: getting paid for the value they were creating, it would be up to $23, he claimed. I love small businesses. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Hey, man, I don't watch- Look, I don't want you a part of my life. I
1: feel like there's a butt coming afterwards.
0: I'm all for it, as he said. I love small businesses. I'm all for it. But I don't want small businesses that are underpaying employees. It's fair for people to be making what they're producing. And I think $15 is very reasonable in this country.
1: Okay, the, the last sentence there. It's th- fair. It's fair for people to be making what they're producing. And I think $15 is reasonable. What kind of? I mean, this guy, this there's no grasp on economics whatsoever. Not everyone is producing fifteen dollars. It's true. Not everyone produces fifteen. Especially if you work for a small business that's barely afloat, you're not just magically producing fifteen dollars. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's literally not a thing. And even says before saying, I think fifteen dollar. It's fair for people to be making what they're producing was the first part of the sentence so Mm -hmm. what if you're not producing 15 dollars is it fair still
0: well it's very reasonable in this country
1: Uh, well it's if if you want to be reasonable then you have to go with the 15 you got to fight Mm. for 15 right
0: if not you're just being unreasonable oh man this is the kind of garbage that you see we just throw out arbitrary numbers i don't understand why he's not fighting for 23 because he said if they were actually getting paid for the value they were creating. And it would be up to twenty-three. Why not? Why don't we have a twenty-three-dollar minimum wage then? And what's why is it,
1: why is he wanting to pay him so low? And the point is, that's not the case for everyone. It's not the case for everyone, especially people at small businesses. He's conflating two very different things here. He's taking what the wages have been since nineteen sixty-eight. And what it should have kept going up with. And he's basically taking the profits from a bunch of large corporations and talking about how people's productivity, they should be getting paid $23 an hour. But if you're working at some mom and pop shop that's not making very much money, then why would you be producing? Why would your value be $23 an hour? It's not. It's literally not. I'm using some of my racist math on you right now. Okay. (laughs) Which we got to cover. it's, It's literally not. Yeah. That's It's in the numbers.
0: I'm with Amanda here because when we first started reading this, I was confused too. She says, I'm so confused. Do they want to break up big business like Amazon or do they want to create a corporate environment where only big businesses like Amazon can succeed? Exactly. Which which is it, bro?
1: That is what you Ro end Kana? up doing. We saw last week, by the way, Walmart announced that half of their employees are now going to be getting moved up to $15 an hour. That's why their stock has been tanking so much, probably. Uh, but... We also see that Amazon's already at 15. McDonald's has been raising their wages. These businesses can handle this. And especially if you put all of their competition out of business, they, yeah, they can handle it because they become the only place you can go to buy any goods. Mm -hmm. It's so weird that this ideology that hates the big corporations so much does everything they can to make sure that those big corporations are the only ones left standing. It's insane. And I can't believe people don't see it. <sighs> yeah, all right, it's, it's insane. You know what else is insane, Anthony Fauci? Yeah, I'm not. This is this isn't happening. For it's, me. Not gonna happen. it's not going to happen. It's just not going
0: I'm to. I'm not doing this.
1: Anthony Fauci says Americans might still need to wear masks in 2022. Well, Anthony Fauci, gope yourself. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's what's actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> that has a lot higher likelihood than me wearing a mask in 2022. Yeah. Okay, all right, Anthony do you, Fauci, do you
0: just. Take that and shove it up. Shove it up there, man.
1: <laughs> Anthony Fauci, President Joe Biden's chief medical advisor. By the way, he was also President Donald Trump's. Uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, President Joe Biden's <laughs> chief medical advisor and part of the federal government's COVID-19 response team struck an overly cautious note during interviews over the weekend, telling CNN's Dana Bash that Americans might have to wear masks in 2022. No. Well, yeah. wrong. Wrong. <laughs>
0: Not happening. He said, I want COVID-19. You've got, you've got to protect yourself from 0.2%. <laughs> mortality
1: folks (laughs) i want COVID 19 cases to keep going down to a baseline that's so low there's virtually no threat isn't that weird that's what i want the federal government's budget to go down to also (laughs) so low there's virtually no threat said fauci if you combine getting most of the people in the country vaccinated with getting the level of virus in the community very very low then i believe you're going to be able to say for the most part we don't necessarily (laughs) have to wear masks i believe you're going to be able to say for the most part we don't necessarily have to wear masks. That is, by the way, the highest paid person in the federal government. million dollars. All right. Fauci expressed cautious optimism that the country will be approaching a significant degree of normality by the end of this year. 20, it's 2021. By the way, this all started happening in, in February of 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know that we're about to hit one year to flatten the curve it's here pretty a, soon. It's been a whole year. We're about to get to one year to flatten the curve. Uh, but now we saying, in 2022, mm. Fauci has admitted that he has previously avoided telling people the plain truth about how long it would take to reach herd immunity because he thought the public wasn't ready to hear it. Thus, it's not always totally clear whether the doctor's pronouncements reflect genuine uncertainty, public messaging considerations, or a mixture of both. That is another thing we have to remember. You can't believe a word the guy says because he literally says one thing. And then later he says another thing and he says, yeah, I, this is a guy who literally said one thing and then later on said, by the way, I was lying to get you to do something that I didn't think you'd want to do if I mm-hmm. said what the truth actually was. Mm-hmm. And then later on, he said what the truth allegedly is. And then he's not just known as like this widespread liar that lies about everything. He literally it was Trump's fault. admitted to lying about things. But it was for the it was for your benefits, so it's okay. Mm, yeah, it's okay to mislead people. You know what
0: else? sounds like Chernobyl. <laughs> sounds <laughs> like the Soviet. USR. I haven't watched that. I haven't watched that. Yet. Sounds like the Soviets, USSR, <laughs> heaven.
1: The strategy. They cr- literally
0: got in a room and said, "Don't tell people. We know what's best for them." Yeah. Don't tell them the truth. We know what's best for them. It's that's exactly what that sounds like, and then it was all Trump's fault, of course.
1: The strategy could, currently could be sorry, all The strategy currently employed by both Fauci and the rest of the Biden administration seems to be to lower expectations, even at the risk of vastly underselling the vaccine. This comes from Reason, by the way, so they're reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) Government officials have declined to state authoritatively when normal life will resume, and the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, has emphasized the necessity of social distancing and masking even post-vaccination. She also backpedaled on a key administration promise to reopen schools within the first 100 days of the Biden presidency instead of settling for half of all public schools open just one day a week. So he did say that the schools would be open within 100 days. The unions got really mad because they don't like it when you make union members work. And so now they're saying that they don't want to go back to school. Because that's what unions do. They tried to get something for nothing. That's what a union does. <laughs> and, and so anyway, what we're dealing with now is the teachers' union's worst-case scenario is a time where teachers have to teach things. And so we're going to make sure that we don't do that. <laughs> All right? No, this is...
0: <laughs> this is you sound so serious, I believe it. It's true. Yeah. I'm pretty
1: sure that's their union. Yeah. They don't care anything about schooling, no. about education, about anything. I saw
0: that today... Um... It's actually a a friend of mine, a friend of ours, um, it just happened, it happened with Metro public schools that uh, they closed the schools today for in-person learning, but they're going to do virtual. It's like a virtual was only supposed to be for COVID.
1: Yeah. And
0: now they're using it as a a snow day, Mm -hmm. but instead of taking the snow day where everybody's just like off work and you have to make that day up, they're doing virtual. So now this is this is what they're going to transition into. Yeah. So who cares about what work you have to do, parents? You know, you're paying an increase in taxes for the schools because you know they need it. But the teachers don't have to show up to work. They
1: can teach from home. i'm ah I'm borrowing this talking point from someone else, and i can't I can't think of who it is. But I remember a time where snow days were seen as so detrimental to the learning process of a student that you had to go to school into the summer to make up your snow days. Like you had to go to school, mm. and if they had snow days, you were going to go later into the year. Now the unions had set forth a specific date that they couldn't go past. So even if you were out of school for two months because of a because you were in Texas, uh, something like that, <laughs> then they couldn't make you go past June fifteenth yeah. or whatever the date was. Uh, but we used to have to make up those days because it was so important that you go to school. You know, it's not really the case anymore. Mm-mm. But I don't know. Maybe the least amount of Less amount of time kids spend in their public schools, maybe that's better. It's really a hard predicament to be in. Yeah, yeah.
0: The problem is we're all paying taxes for it.
1: Yeah, that is an issue.
0: So then it's like, yeah, you're just, you're caught between a hard place and a a rocket propeller.
1: Yeah, that's like my granddad used to say. Yeah. The the main issue I have with this is um, there... They're still sticking on this whole social distancing, the masking thing, all of that. And we're not really pushing the vaccine very much. And I know we have a lot of, uh, we're back and forth on the podcast audience about whether or not vaccines are a good idea. But let's just, assuming through a conversation where vaccines were better than they were bad, uh, I, which, which is where I would lean on for vaccines, that is what all the time should be focused on right now. And instead, we're just going to keep pushing this idea that we're going to go into 2022 and still have to wear masks and have all we that. we gotten
0: up to a million doses a day yet? <laughs> yeah, I think they, really? were
1: doing, yeah, they think they were doing that right around the inauguration day. Yeah, I, yeah. Just,
0: I just wondered if we got that they extra. I think
1: they finally hit that milestone the day. Because we first were at like
0: 960,000. I was making sure we got that extra 40,000.
1: Yeah, I think they ramped it up. You know what's interesting, enough. though, is they're
0: running out. Like, uh, I know some people who were slated to get their second vaccine, and they showed up and they were like, yeah, we don't have any. We don't have any for your second vaccine. We'll call you when it comes in. Now, of course, there were shortages because of the storm and stuff like that. People weren't able to get their shipments and things like that. But at the same time, it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing. Government's amazing. <laughs> I read another story. Um, I, maybe you had this in here. That maybe we talked about this. But I read another story where this doctor um, got fired, essentially. Mm-hmm,
1: we talked about that.
0: Yeah, we talked about that. A uh, doctor got fired because uh, the vaccines were getting ready to expire. And rather than letting them go to waste, he vaccinated people that were unauthorized to be vaccinated. I just imagine a world. The government would rather waste it. Like mean, no, 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 don't take it. You're not authorized. let me just waste these. It's just capitalism. It's, that's what it's, it is. It's capitalism. Capitalism's
1: fault. Um, by the way, fresh out of the Pfizer and Moderna marketing team department, you know what's better than the than getting two doses from your Pfizer and, Mo, and Moderna vaccines? Three doses. Three doses. <laughs> yeah. They're media, they're discussing the possibility that you might need three doses now. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's like their it's their genius plan. I could just imagine this board meeting where they're all like, "Guys, our sales are, you know, kind of flat. They're going to be trailing off through 2021, 2022. We got this big boost. What can we do?" And they're like, "I know. Let's do three doses yeah. for everyone instead of need two.
0: three. <laughs> great idea bob great idea we're promoting you this year what the, a great idea
1: the the uh, the best thing about this story is that i do get to tell my wife i told you so because she was like when do you think this whole mask thing is going to be over and i was like it's not this is going to be I, I told her it's going to be about five years yeah and, and she was like no there's no with She was thinking a couple months into last year, you know, it would go away. And then a couple months into this year, all the
0: flu numbers are down now. So, I mean, maybe we should mask up for the flu. There we go. That's that seems to kill 50 to 80,000 people
1: a year. Yeah.
0: So maybe maybe now that those people aren't dying, uh, you know, whatever. I'm (laughs) over it. I'm over it at this point. I'm over it.
1: Um, You know what else?
0: There are people, um, as I said from the beginning, I think you I think you should take it seriously. You should pay attention. Because by golly, if we didn't predict almost all of
1: this, <laughs> <laughs> pay attention and, to this podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But just like, look
0: around. That's all you have to do is look around yeah. and just like, look at a little bit of history. Look around, say, look at this. And you'll be like, oh my God. Wow. It's just, <laughs> it's literally predictable. Just say, look at this. <laughs> yeah. That's all you got to say is look at this caramel. All right. And, but the thing about it is, is like, I am, I'm over it now. I'm literally over it. Well, because you just my, got back from Florida. I went yeah. to Miami <laughs> last weekend. And let me tell you, I've never seen a beach so crowded in my entire life. I never have. And I think, I obviously think old people should should obviously be cautious because it does tend to kill older people at a much higher rate. Mm-hmm. But everyone else, like I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Literally over it. I will not comply with a mask mandate in 2022.
1: You heard it here first. Charlie not will that. not comply. With a mask mandate in 2022. All right. You know what else? Charlie's not going to comply for with 2021. But I've got something that you're absolutely not going to comply with in this next tweet thread. That is, I couldn't wait until dumb bleep of the week. No. So you want you go ahead and get me, get us started off on this and I'll, I'll, we, we can, uh, we can tag team it.
0: Okay. This is a tweet thread from um, Muslim Marine is his name.
1: Got a blue check mark. And so
0: he does. And uh, it's at man. Man sort
1: shams.
0: Man sort shams.
1: Yeah. Man sort shams. M-A-N-S-O-O-R-T-S-H-A-M-S.
0: Anyway. Shams. (laughs) Thread. This is a thread on AR-15. I'm a U.S. Marine, which means I do have some professional experience with guns. Feel free to criticize my position or disagree, but please don't question my military service or knowledge of guns. I serve this nation with my life, and I only want the best for it. So don't, don't question, don't question me. (laughs) That's I'm telling you like it is. Don't question me. I understand people have strong views when it comes to guns and that's all right. But at some point we need to have a real conversations without all the crazy emotion. Americans are dying. And just because it wasn't you or me this time doesn't mean it can't be one of us next time. (laughs) I've traveled roughly 30 States across America, which I'm sure is more than most Americans. It's actually true. I think the average is like six states.
1: I was at least able to retweet this guy and say that I've been the 50 states and yeah. 14 countries and 10, 10 military bases. And this guy has no idea what he's talking about because yeah. I know more than him. Apparently, Exactly.
0: <laughs> I've had the chance to see many parts of our country and understand why a gun for self-defense at times makes perfect sense. So to be clear, I'm not against the second amendment or anyone owning a gun. <laughs> I'm just against civilians having access to the same type war weapon, warlike weapon, I did as a Marine. You'll say, that's crazy, but hear me out. The only real difference between my M16 I use as a Marine and an AR-15 is my M16 fired nonstop, while (laughs) AR-15 requires pulling trigger every time.
1: The only difference (laughs) is that my M16 was fully automatic, and an AR-15... It's and semi-automatic. It's just semi-automatic. Yeah. One bullet at a time. Yeah, that's the only difference.
0: Now, some will change the argument from self-defense to Second Amendment and forming militias to fight against the so-called hostile government. Okay, now help me understand how you expect to take on all those stealth fighters, F-16s, <laughs> drones, tanks, etc., with your AR-15s. Please keep it real. Now you don't have to be the smartest person in the room to understand. <laughs> That 300 million guns can take down a, a million person army with all the weapons it, it has. Guys. N- Unless they set off
1: nukes. Zero guns and some flagpoles can take down the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> that's, that's so true. Yeah. Wow. Oh, you really you caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> that was good. Anyway. He continues on, if it's truly about self-defense, then why an AR-15, which can shoot across five football fields? Yes, 500 yards or more in certain cases.
1: I didn't know it was that good. Yeah. I need yeah, to go get one. Decent rifle. Mm. Essentially, you
0: could sit in the comfort of your home and shoot over a quarter mile, and the person on the other end wouldn't even know what hit him. Wouldn't even know. Although, <laughs> although, even though the gun is that good. How in the world are you going to take on stealth fighters? I know. F-16s and drones and tanks, et cetera. Now, to some, the AR-15's long-range firing capability may not mean much, but that's just part of it. The AR-15's power is meant to do some serious damage and killing, exactly like on the battlefield, to destroy flesh and practically leave an irreparable large exit wound.
1: By the way, this thing, a 9mm bullet can travel uh, 2.5 to 3 miles. Mm-hmm. And now not accurately, uh, obviously. And, and you, and if you shoot them straight up in the air, it's probably going to be less because of the gravity, <laughs> but <laughs> anyhow, sorry. I had to check on that.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Bottom line. I, and most for gun reform, don't take issues with second amendment or your ability to have a gun like Lauren Bobart. Others would have you believe. So please don't misunderstand. But a battlefield-type weapon should remain on the battlefield, not in the hands of civilians. Why, he asked. Imagine someone having a mental disorder or even someone normal suddenly losing their mind. Now imagine them pulling out their legally owned AR-15 and going out on a shooting spree, taking out countless innocent lives because (laughs) life unfortunately just doesn't matter anymore. Background checks whether a person should have have had AR-15 or was mentally stable will not have mattered. But the type of weapon, i.e. AR-15, will have. Conclusion. No everyday civilian American should have access to a war-like AR-15 weapon. The dangers far outweigh any benefits.
1: The end. <sighs> oh. Everyone, let your blood pressure come down slightly before speaking. Okay. Thank you for your service. Yes. Thank you, thank you for your service. Yeah, you idiot. Isn't it? Isn't it special that you can that you can serve your country and have no idea why? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird?
0: I, you know, I, I don't quite understand.
1: I just can't imagine. I mean, you're going to s- swear that you protect and defend the Constitution. And yes, I'll go with the militia argument. I'll just go with the militia argument. And of course, I'm not going to do very well against any F-15s or... 16s or even 18s. Hell, F-22s. The 35s might break down. I don't know what's going to happen. They'll probably just be dropping money the whole way over to your house. From what I can tell, I'm not going to do very well against those things. But that's not, really, that's not really the point, first off. And this guy needs to know that. He swore to protect and defend the Constitution. The Constitution was written and signed by a bunch of people who were fighting against a tyrannical government with military-style weapons, and the, the very fact that you can do that and you can be a Marine and then you can say, you lowly civilian, what you think you're going to protect yourself against my F-15s, you lowly POS civilian? Come mm-hmm. on, that's a joke. You have no chance to protect yourself against the almighty government. So why would you even try? That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. It is.
0: If, Never if, mind Vietnam the war on terror it's, you don't think civilians can protect themselves you, we you guys realize we've lost all the wars <laughs> like we lost in vietnam why how did we lose in vietnam nate
1: i think it was because vietnam had more superior air air force than we did mm, no no yeah. no that's not how it was their air force no. knocked us out that's actually what happened in the, all the middle eastern wars too the air force just knocked us out Yeah. the
0: afghani air force yeah. is what, that's what yeah, it was exactly mm-hmm no, you have roving bands, of <laughs> civilians with guns, mainly farmers with pitchforks, so to speak, as they say in the Patriot
1: Republicans with flagpoles, <laughs> yes, coming exactly. after you,
0: MAGA wearing, loving, <laughs> <laughs> Trump worshipping, insurrectionists. <laughs> like it, it doesn't take much to make a stand. Like you know it. The reason why we lost those world wars, the reason why we're we're still losing in the Middle East, is because a a fervent group of civilians that have enough arms to do some damage. And legs. And legs, yeah. Um, well, can can be enough of a resistance that you can't you can't beat them.
1: Basically they know the terrain better than we do. That's what happened in Vietnam. Well, but it was a bunch of guerrilla groups. Yeah. That's why.
0: You know, what, and then you thought that you, you know, you had friends in a village and they would all turn against you.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. because they're they're doing a calculation on who's going to be there longest. So they are want to be friends with the person who's going to be there last. Right. That's exactly. who they want to be friends with.
0: So. So don't don't think for a second that now I will say, you know, but I don't see this happening. If if they decided to use nukes then <laughs> then you're kind of SOL. Yeah. But then you're going to destroy all of America.
1: So they're I think nothing, that's what
0: they're trying to do. There'd be nothing left to rule yeah. over. The actual so. solution
1: here is for us to be able to buy F-15s. That's you know that's what I think. No. Yeah. Tanks. Tanks. F-15s. Free tanks for all.
0: hmm That's that's what I'm I'm all hey, I'm all about that.
1: It's um I don't know. It's a disgusting thing. If there were a if if there were a medal of dishonor, I'd pin the I'd pin it around this guy's neck. Tell you the truth, a
0: medal of dishonor. <laughs> yeah.
1: I would pin it right around his neck <laughs> and not even feel bad about it. If he served overseas, thank you for your service, sir. Uh, I appreciate you risking your life. I did look through this guy's website and everything before posting this. And someone who is friends with this guy or knows a lot about him can tell me. Uh, but he only mentioned going to 30 states and he mentioned that he was in the Marines. He never mentioned any tours, any anything like that, okay? Not saying that that means you're not a Marine or or whatever. I'm just saying there's a good chance I've been to more Middle Eastern countries than this guy has. There's a chance, aside from the fact that I think he's Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. But but just saying that, uh, that I'm a Marine and I've been to 30 states, listen to me. Just because, you went through a, just because you went through a boot camp that told you everything you need to know about a gun doesn't mean that you get to tell all the people, all the, all the lowly civilians in the country that they don't need to have guns or that they don't need to have guns that could compete with your guns. The whole freaking chance of, the whole point is for them to have guns that can compete with your guns. Exactly. It's literally the point. Yeah. That's, you're defying the entire point of the Second Amendment if you say that people shouldn't have guns that can compete with people in the military then there's no point of the second amendment. That's, that's it. Amen. Case closed.
0: That's it. I, I could have said it better, and I'm going to leave it at that.
1: <laughs> All right. Charlie can't say it better, and he's going to leave it at that, so I'm also <laughs> going to leave it at that. Case closed. This guy's an idiot. All right, so come, come back tomorrow where we tell you who else is an idiot. It might be some <laughs> of the same people. I don't know. But you know who aren't idiots? All the people that are members of MasterMyStonks.com, mm-hmm, Celebrity mm-hmm. Trading Academy. Today, the, I'll tell you what. Market's looking a little shaky right now. Mm-hmm. They're what they're really awaiting is that stimulus money because they need they need that money to come in and I think you'll probably get a big a boost in the market. But if there's any if if for any reason the stimulus is not what the market has cooked into the books already, it's going to look kind of bad. And the market's been kind of shaky for the last week or so. And so anyway, we, we trade every day. And if there aren't things that look really good that we, don't want, that we can take day trades on, then we don't take a day trade. And if the, something does look really good, then we'll take a day trade on it, okay? Right. We'll talk about swing trades. We had a swing trade. Um, CAN went up 450% from the time that we started. We did a video on January 4th and talked Circa about the- twenty
0: twenty one.
1: 2021. And said, hey, here's the stonks that we're looking at. And CAN was one of them. And we talked about price points, and I'll be galdern if I didn't book four hundred and fifty percent on that thing. I did not right? take that one. I know I
0: took I felt, almost all the others, <laughs> yeah,
1: almost every other. Which yeah. which those which also did really were really. winners. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, S we talked about that one as well. I started buying that one at eighty cents, and I was posting in the group saying, "Hey, I like S D L. Look at its chart; looks pretty good." It went down, it went up up to like a dollar thirty, and it came back to a dollar. And I even posted in the group. I said, "Guys, this is long term." hold hold we got diamond hands over here we're mm-hmm. holding okay what do you know thing didn't pop up the four bucks a few days later 400 all right so the the whole point is you don't just take stuff that we talk about in the class but our main goal is to teach you guys how to find setups like that and then give them to us you know, that's, no, that's not the, but no, we can't all work together. And, and we do have a channel in the discord where we uh, can have members post some of their picks. We all talk about different stonks and whether or not we think they're good setups or not.
0: And you're probably hearing from Peter shift and everybody else that knows anything about economics, that we have a bubble. Mm-hmm. We have an inflated market. That's true. It's a bunch of
1: faguzzi <laughs> fagazi floating
0: around there. And the thing about it is, is that you can still make money while it's going down now. I think that, as Nate mentioned, there's probably going to be another little pop, um, but then after that, it's you know, it's got to it's got to come down sometime. There's got to be a, a pretty big correction. But the cool thing is, as you're part of this class, you'll know you'll take advantage of the opportunity. As things go down, you can still make profits. So right now, I am in positions where I'm actually down on my positions, but I'm kind of. Averaging down, looking for that next little pop. I do have stopout points. You're not averaging yes. down; you're accumulating. That's what I meant. I'm accumulating. Yeah. I'm looking for that next little pop on some of these swing trades that I'm in, and if that doesn't happen, I do have a stopout point. Um, and as I, if I feel like, not feel, if the technical analysis looks like the market is going to be in that downtrend, then there's a way to profit as it's going down, folks. Mm. So literally, it doesn't matter if it's a hot market, cold market, it's you know, <laughs> neutral market, whatever nuke market moon market it doesn't matter though you can still make money so you need to be part of that you need to take advantage of these opportunities folks don't let the, don't let them get you again
1: don't let them get you again <laughs> pay All attention right? after the next market crash and rebound there's going to be people who are who are bitching and people who are riching. okay but he, y'all want to be on the richie side okay
0: yeah mastermytrades.com you stay
1: classic use the promo code save 20 so you can get 20 on the first two months you stay classic
0: yeah it's Free two days, by the way, too.
1: So, you can also do that, yeah. Yeah,
0: just without even a credit card.
1: Just no credit
0: card. Look at it and say, look at this. What well, people keep joining every day. It's awesome. MasterMyTrades.com. Sign up, as Nate mentioned, for Patreon. Patreon.com slash Liberty. Be part of this feisty group. We got people in live throwing out gifts like crazy. They're absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Uh, we have such a good time with all of our fine folks in there. We had some new people. That joined for the first time, the live show. So welcome to all you new folks. We appreciate every single one of you. Even the the old folks, the new folks. Uh, folks is an interesting word. It is. It is. But we really appreciate all you guys joining. And if you're not a part of it yet, then you're really missing out. I'm telling you, you're missing out on all the fun that we have. We even talk to each other when the show's not going on. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a really cool thing to be a part of. It's only five bucks a month. Come on basically nothing sign up be part of the in crowd patreon.com slash good morning liberty share the show with a friend leave us that rating and review if you guys do all of that we'll be back again tomorrow hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty